The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing and almost finishing our series of fantasy football team previews, this time going over the Tennessee Titans. But before we get into the podcast, I do need to tell you about all of the awesome stuff that we have going on over at rotoexperts.com. The ultimate guide to win your league, the ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, the ultimate guide to draft best balls, projections, rankings, customizable cheat sheets for your league. Uh, Download them to Excel and CSV, manipulate the data however that you would like. Of course, we have best ball tools to explore uh, historical roster construction, all sorts of cool stuff. I just published a big Dynasty Fantasy Football Rankings update. So, you know, just a lot of really awesome stuff happening over on the site. And, uh, you know, I would encourage you to join up and, uh, you know, go ahead and and win your league. So starting with uh, the Tennessee Titans and their quarterback situation, Marcus Mariota is the starter. Ryan Tannehill is the backup. Logan Woodside is the third quarterback. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is, uh, you know, he's Ryan Tannehill. According to Ben Volin of the Boston Globe, and it was weird that uh, Ben Volin of the Boston Globe, who's normally a Patriots reporter, reported on this, but he said that the Titans' starting quarterback job looks surprisingly open. Uh, reportedly, Mariota has done little to assert himself in camp this summer and is losing ground to former Dolphins starter Ryan Danahill, who completed 7 of 11 throws for 84 yards and a touchdown in the preseason game against New England. Tannehill then went 6 of 9 for 63 yards in the Titans' third preseason game. Uh, that was against the Steelers. In that game, Marcus Mariota went 0 for Three. However, uh, as recently as July 6th, Titans coach Mike Vabrell has reiterated that Ryan Tannehill's job is as a backup. So it's his job to push the guy in front of him. Personally, I think that Mariota is going to start all of these games until he gets hurt. And, you know, I also would like to kind of push back against this idea that Mariota is this horrible quarterback. For his career, he's never had a season with less than 7.1 yards per attempt, including, uh, you know, a career total of 7.2 adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, so he threw 15 interceptions in 2017, and that makes his overall numbers look bad. But I don't think of him as a horrible quarterback, right? Uh, he's won nine games uh, in uh three of the seasons of his career, uh, the Titans have won at least nine games. Uh, he is an adequate rusher, averages 5.8 yards per attempt, has had two rushing touchdowns or more in every season of his career, 64 rushing attempts last year in, a, you know, uh, not even a full season, and he was injured all year. So in terms of like your third quarterback in a two QB league, in fact, I just did a, a fantasy football auction with a bunch of industry guys last night where I got Marcus Mariota as my second quarterback for a dollar. I, I don't want to go out and say I think Mariota's good or that I'm a Mariota truther or anything like that, but I think pretty clearly there is some upside. The first is that I'm not sure that Matt LaFleur is actually a good offensive coordinator. I think there is a decent chance that maybe he's not a good offensive coordinator. Uh, something to be bummed out about, though, is that 
the new offensive coordinator in Tennessee is just a lifelong Titans guy. So he got his first job in, uh, with Tennessee in 2011 as a defensive quality control coach, then switched over to the offense. Uh, this is Arthur Smith, by the way. Uh, then he moved to offensive line tight ends, assistant tight ends. Tight end. So as recently as, uh, as 2018, this dude, Arthur Smith, who is the offensive coordinator, is just... Uh, he was just a tight ends coach. So guys he's worked under have been Joe Gibbs, uh, Mike Malarkey, Mike Munchak, uh, Ken Wisenhunt, and Jim Zorn. So I, I guess I guess I should walk this back a little bit and say I don't expect the the 2019 Titans offense to be anything radically different. You know, I think this is going to kind of be the uh, the exotic smash mouth, if you will, right? Like, I don't think that this is going to be a super great offensive football team. But I do think that Mariota is capable I do think that you could do worse as, uh, you know, a second quarterback in the two. Like, like for example, I think I would feel better about having Mariota for 16 games than I would Matt Stafford. Like, I think I think the chances of Mariota, uh, you know, pr- producing something up like a top 15 quarterback season are, are far greater than it would be for someone who's just a pass only quarterback. So, you know, I I do not hate. Uh, I do not hate Marcus Mariota in fantasy football. So that's uh, that's about the kind. And, and you know what? If you're in dynasty fantasy football leagues, this is literally this week before the season starts is the absolute best time to go ahead and draft him. Or, or not draft him, but, uh, you know, send just a cheap trade offer for him, especially if you're in a super flex league. Uh, all right, Derrick Henry uh, in the running back situation. So uh, Derrick Henry is a really interesting player. In his career, he has... 501 rushing attempts and only 50 targets over 47 games. So the only other running backs in NFL history who uh, are have those totals where they have over 501 rushing attempts and uh, 50 or fewer targets by the time that they were 25 are Ron Dane, Stephen Ridley, and Beanie Wells. And it's just this sort of interesting coincidence where none of them were really fantasy football relevant after their age 24 season. So why am I pessimistic against a guy like Derrick Henry. So last year, before week 13, these were his games. 10 carries, 26 yards, 18 for 56, 18 for 57, 8 for 24, 11 for 56, 7 for 21, 12 for 33, 6 for 27, 11 for 58, 9 for 46, 8 for 30, 10 for 40. Uh, Over that time frame, he had only... uh, Four games with uh, two or more targets, and actually, when he finally went nuclear, 17 for 238, 33 for 170, 21 for 84, and and 16 for 93. Over that time frame, he had uh, he had zero targets, one target, one target, one target in those four games. So. Really, what you're looking at with Derrick Henry is maybe the most hyper fragile player uh, in in the NFL. There, there really maybe is no more, uh, no greater example of a hyper fragile uh, NFL player than Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, he he really is only going to do well in games that the Tennessee Titans are winning or that they don't care that they're losing. Those are those are the two scenarios because when they when they start throwing the ball, he is going to decrease in usage and like worth like just dramatically because he's not involved in the passing game. And so even last year, he only got to 186 fantasy points, even with that crazy run at the end of the year. He finished in in standard scoring as the running back 13, but I guarantee you teams with Derrick Henry were not in the fantasy football playoffs because he was so bad for three months of the season. And I think uh, a fairly likely outcome this year is that he 
it, he'll have a couple games like he had uh, in that Jacksonville game last year where he looks like the best player in the league and he's bowling everyone over and he's got an 80-yard touchdown run or a 75-yard touchdown run or whatever, and he's just completely smashing. And then he's going to have a bunch of games with eight carries for 12 yards because uh, I, we don't think the Titans are going to be great on offense. In fact, we think they're probably going to be losing some games. Um and I don't necessarily think that their defense is, like, amazing. And so the fact that he's not involved in the passing game and he's already injured, that's another thing, is that he already has this calf injury. Uh, I, I A lot of this is leading to Dion Lewis being one of my most heavily drafted guys. Uh, Drew Dinkmeyer, Mike Leone, and I drafted him in the FFPC main event. Uh, he's a guy that I target in the Draft Best Ball Championship a lot. Like, really... Uh, there's there is just not a way for me to get away from Deion Lewis because Derrick Henry is already injured, not involved in the passing game. I think Tennessee probably wins less than their posted uh, Las Vegas win total of eight games. So all of these things would correspond to Derrick Henry being a bad buy and Deion Lewis being a good buy. The one thing that uh, could keep Deion Lewis from being you know, a guy who gets, uh, and this is actually crazy. It Dion Lewis is not being drafted like this, but he's had over 200 touches in back-to-back years. He had 214 touches last year, including 67 targets in the passing game. Now he only averaged 4.3 yards per touch compared to the 5.2 yards per touch that he averaged in New England. But we would expect a guy going from New England to Tennessee to decrease in efficiency. We would expect him to score less points. We would expect him to be worse yards per target and all of, well, Actually, he was. This is actually interesting. So, in 2017 in New England, Dion Lewis saw 35 targets in the passing game, averaged 6.1 yards per target. In Tennessee, he got 67 targets for 59 receptions in the passing game, but averaged six yards per target. So, I, I actually think that that is sort of interesting that he he kind of kept that same efficiency as a receiver um, while he transferred from New England to Tennessee. But yeah, I mean, Dion Lewis is going to be a guy that I'm going to keep drafting in fantasy football, a guy that I am going to, you know, make trade offers for a guy that I want on my fantasy football teams, even though Jeremy McNichols is looking like he might be a little bit more involved with the first team offense than I would have expected given, uh, you know, his inability to pass block and everything, the, the reasons why he's bounced around. He's been on five different NFL rosters, so... But, uh, you know, maybe maybe super deep dynasty leagues, I would give McNichols a look. Okay, moving to the wide receivers. Boy, is this an uninspiring group. Their 11 personnel is Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, Adam Humphreys. Not a very dynamic athletic group. Uh, well, I actually, I guess it is. You know, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are dynamic players. But, uh, you know, these are just kind of the problems we've spoken about with Tennessee. We don't think that they are going to be running a very forward-thinking offensive scheme. A.J. Brown is a rookie wide receiver. We really have not seen anything from him in the preseason. He's had a nagging hamstring injury throughout the preseason, and uh, in the Titans' first depth chart, he was listed as a third-string wide receiver, so it's not crazy to me to think that Tajay Sharp, uh, Taewon Taylor, Darius Jennings, Adam Humphreys, maybe even Tanner McAvoy is going to get snaps over him early in the season, or or the, the Titans might just do a lot of 12 personnel where Delaney Walker is like the slot guy and Johnny Smith is the inline tight end. That certainly would not surprise me uh, at all. The only guy that I'm drafting out of these guys is Corey Davis. Uh, thinking of like white, uh, not even white, just like slot receivers who are going to get enough work to be fantasy football relevant, 
but who you don't really want to own. I would take Humphreys after I would take Trey Quinn, after I would take Cole Beasley, after I would take Jerron Brown, after I would take Marquise Goodwin, after I would take Albert Wilson. Like, I just don't think Humphreys is fantasy football relevant the same way those other guys are fantasy football relevant. But Corey Davis, uh, really interesting on him. Uh, Some of the work done at Roto Experts this year basically found that Corey Davis actually had a much better season last year than you would think when you compare it to everything else that was going on in his offense. So he had 112 targets. No one else on the team had more than 67. That was Deion Lewis. Taewon Taylor had 56. Tajay Sharp had 47. Johnny Smith had 30. Luke Stocker had 21. Anthony Ferkser had 20. So uh, three of their uh, three of their top six target getters were tight ends. That's uh, that's pretty wild. So in terms of yards per target, uh, minimum 30 targets. Uh, Johnny Smith, Taewon Taylor, and Corey Davis were the only players with eight or more. Uh, yards per target, but Corey Davis, I think pretty clearly with AJ Brown coming along slowly, looks like a guy who's going to get wide receiver one volume, at least um, in games where the Titans are, are like, so the reverse of the Derrick Henry, right? Like in games where the Titans have to try on offense, Corey Davis is going to be targeted a lot. I don't think the introduction of AJ AJ Brown does much to change that. And I don't think Delaney Walker returning is going to be this huge nightmare because the Titans only threw 437 times last year. Uh, my guess is is that they win less than the nine and seven that they went last year, and that they uh, are more likely to uh, like. I think they'll probably get closer to like 500 pass attempts or so this year. So that leaves room for Corey Davis, Deion Lewis, and Delaney Walker to all kind of be on the boundaries of fantasy football starters every single week. So that is going to do it. Oh, actually, here let's talk about Delaney Walker. My bad. Uh, Delaney Walker, uh, if you listen to the TakeCast episode where Leone and Drew and I drafted our FFPC main event team, you know that uh, Delaney Walker is a member of said FFPC main event team, even though none of us are super excited about it. Uh, our projections are pretty middle of the road on him. Basically, uh, it's just sort of if he's healthy, he probably is going to be a guy who is fantasy football relevant over uh, his last four seasons in Tennessee, 111, 102, 133, and 106 targets. Uh, he was had a, a crazy season in 2015, 94 receptions, uh, 1,088 yards, six touchdowns, probably more in line with what he did in 2017 is like a good expectation this year, 74 receptions, 807 yards, three touchdowns. That's probably more like what I would expect from him, even in like a, a good season. So uh, is he draftable? Sure. Is he a guy who's going to win your league? I think pretty clearly Delaney Walker is not a league winner. So that is going to do it for us here at the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Please, please, please make sure to check out rotoexperts.com. Uh, look at all the great premium content we have, uh, rankings, projections, uh, a lot of great written premium content as well, and I think that you will enjoy what you find. And you can get 10% off of the Roto Experts package using promo code MATTIC, M-A-T-T-E-K.